I I'm happy with mm, that. Yeah. Well, you know, you always get sexy and then the clap comes. So I guess we just reversed it. Mm. Damn. See, that's just making me think we're going to get less sexy as time goes on. <laughs> it's all about perspective, man. No, I feel like I'm going to hit my stride when I'm about like 40 because I look really young and I'll still look relatively young, uh, but everyone else will look older. And so I'll make up that ground. Especially if you can grow a beard. Uh, now I'm depressed. Thank you, Sammy. You did need to do that to me. I mean, man. I said especially, not exclusively. You should have known where he was at. We told you we're drinking the Kool-Aid today. Yes. Yes, we are. So anyway, welcome to The Last Three Brain Cells. I'm Lucas. I'm here with Jeremiah. We're both drinking Kool-Aid, chilling out, cult style. Heck yeah. I mean, like, we've even got our robes on and everything. Yeah, I, it got a little freaky during the orgy bit, but uh, besides that, it's it's been chill. I missed the Kool-Aid and the orgy? Dang, I keep missing out. I'll send you the video later. Uh, no, don't send me the video, send me an invite. Hey, actually, we need you to send us videos so we can superimpose you into our video. We still want you to be good. Uh, that's too much work. You know, there <laughs> there's the random hooker in there. I, it... It'd bring everything together if we could just digitally replace her with you. I'm flattered. You, m- I'm gonna let this bit go. <laughs> yeah, please do. I just, I don't I don't think it's going anywhere. because Jeremiah and I we're not alone in the universe because there is someone else here on the podcast, and I I wonder who that is. That would be me, Sammy with the two M's. Respect the consonants. The yeah. man who superimposed into the audio. Yes. Wouldn't that be a wild way to do a show where you just give people stretches of time where they have to talk and then you try to cobble it together? Mm-hmm. I feel that like that's how most comedies that are improv-centric kind of work. And isn't there that one show where the whole point is the the main character the is like a police detective and his assistant is a guest star every time, and the guest star isn't told anything about the plot, yeah, and yeah. so they just have to improv. I can't remember whose show it is. I do know that Conan O'Brien was on it. I think it's like, is it Will Arn- Arnett? A Will Forte, maybe? No. Uh, Will Arn- Arnett. The guy who did the voice for BoJack Horseman. Oh, yep, that's Will Arnett. Yeah, Arnett. he does do that. And then they have to figure huh. out like what the heck is going on without any clues. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I really actually. want to watch the show. Um, it's been out for a while now. What's it called? Do we know? I don't know. I've never actually seen it. I've just heard of it. I I thought that was a cool idea. Oh yeah, that's definitely worth checking out. That's the sort of thing where there's going to be some episodes that are amazing, and then other episodes that are, you should probably just skip. The but... name of the show is so good, guys. It's called Murderville. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. I, w- I wonder why murder happens there. Actually, this may not have Weak. been out for as long as I thought it, it. This has a... The victims? Yes, Sammy, they were. This has a launch of this year. So there you go. Hmm, interesting. See, I know we have things to talk about, but my brain is still stuck. I was going to revive the, the pig boy bit for the intro. No! Then Kool-Aid happened. Let it die! Let it die! I was going to revive it like like a phoenix or uh, 
an old person who's on the pill, uh, so it would rise again. You know, we're not being sponsored by Blue Chew at this moment, so we don't need to do that. <laughs> Please give us money. Uh, I know neither of you follow me on Instagram, but if you did, you would know that uh, the group that I play Scythe with every week, our favorite uh, event card is Secure the Pigs. Hmm. That is an excellent event card. Uh, their events are actually pretty funny because they don't pose a question. You just choose an outcome, but they describe something and it goes along with the picture and Secure the Pigs is pretty good. I want to say there's one about riding bears. I don't really remember. They just, every once in a while, we laugh. On the, on another random note, I was thinking the other day, uh, I think the height of this podcast success, the, 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 the dream is to be able to be successful enough that I can make a video without clickbaiting it that's titled, We Gave Cocaine to a Bear. <laughs> We all grew that up would in the time. Require of, a lot of success to safely procure a bear and the cocaine. Oh no, dude, we're gonna do this MythBuster style. Like, <laughs> as a as a young child, uh, Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage were role models of mine, and I've decided to test my own science. What happens <laughs> when you give cocaine to a bear? Does it die? Does it rage out? Find out tonight at eight. At eight, so that's not gonna be a late show. We're just gonna let the you know the kids are still awake. Just let them see let the them bear watch. rip people apart. You know what, man? It'll be a cautionary tale. If I was like nine, ten years old, that would be at the height of my list. That would be one of those things that you watch as a kid that feels like forbidden. Oh, absolutely. I oh, remember definitely. as a kid watching The Simpsons or Power Rangers, and that was like forbidden. See, for me, it was Conan. Power Rangers. Conan, what? like the the talk show, because okay. that was late. So sometimes uh, we would sneak out of our rooms and watch from the staircase because my parents would watch Conan after we'd gone to bed. And so mostly it would just be his intro monologue thing. So that's what I knew Conan for for a long time. You know, man, interesting. There is a bit of childhood innocence to that that's so like sweet. Like we used to watch out, we used to sneak out to watch the late night talk show host from the stairwell. Like it's just like, <laughs> you know, I can see it now. It's like the start of a movie. And then it, you know, the montage goes on and then it shows you trying to be a stand up comic. That's the whole movie. I I don't think I would be able to do stand-up comedy. That's that's scary. I feel like it, it's something I want to try eventually. Maybe not like a 30-minute thing, but, you know, put in a solid, like, five minutes. Oh, we'll get you to an amateur like night, man. Yeah, I hear comedy's really tough because, like, the hardest part is you have to just uh, bomb a lot, and then you figure out how not to bomb. Unless you're George Carlin. Apparently, he was 50-50. 50% of the time, he was... The best ever, just like awesome. And then the other 50% of the time he bombed. But either way, you never got like a bad show because you were like, man, I went and saw George Carlin. He he sucked. He bombed so bad. It's awesome. Hmm. Uh, oh, to be a legendary comedian. And I think one of the hardest parts is also just being on stage in front of people and not being like afraid. I've been on stage a few a couple of times. So like being on stage doesn't bother me. And, like, having a silent audience audience is like, yeah, it sucks if they're not, like, interacting and laughing. But, like, you know, as long as they're not booing, I feel like I will I could find a way back, you know. But I, I definitely throw, be one of those who would have to make a bit first. 
If they throw fruit at you, it means you have more fruit. Is that what fruit on the tree is? I'm not sure what, what you're referencing, so sure. Right. So is that where the term, if life gives you lemons from? It's like when people can't get tomatoes, so they throw lemons at you and you're disappointed because you can't go home and make marinara. Yo, that'd be a like rotten AF lemon if they're going to throw it at you, because otherwise it's going to hurt. If that thing is, if you're getting splash damage after being thrown at a lemon with grammar, um, <laughs> how much AOE do lemons have? Not a lot, unless they're pretty freaking rotten, dude. Oh if my you got gosh. good AOE, like I don't even want to be touching that lemon. What if, unless I have gloves on? What if it like just blows up and gets in your eyes? That's some good acid damage right there. Ooh. Blinded mm-hmm. condition, that stink. Dang, this could be a that whole game. Suck. I, I what I. Also thought it was funny that you you mentioned the mar- marinara, and that just made me think. So you're saying that when life gives you lemons, rage because you can't make marinara? <laughs> yeah, Hilarious. I don't know. In my head canon, this this when life gives you lemons phrase came from uh, New York in the early comedy scene where there were a bunch of Italians, and when you. When you were celebrated, people threw tomatoes at you. But when things went south, they'd throw lemons and you just couldn't do much with them. Hmm. That's going to be my headcanon now. So you've given me a gift today. But the best part about this headcanon is that you go like, you get like a flashback of way back in time of like the court jester being thrown lemons if he was good and tomatoes if he was bad. And he's happy to get the lemons because then he can go on a pirate ship and sail across the sea and start a new life. Yeah, and he won't get scurvy. And he won't get scurvy. <laughs> oh, man. Already bringing it back to the last podcast. Dang. We're on fire. Yeah. And since we mentioned the last podcast, I know we mentioned it last podcast, and we've been wanting to talk about it for podcasts before that. Uh, I know Jeremiah's been dying to talk about this everywhere. Ev- everything, everywhere, all at once. Gosh. Ever since you you pushed Sammy and I to go see it. I did, and you're not the only people I pushed to go see it, right? I mean, like, by the time that this podcast has come out, this movie, I'm trying to remember when it when it first hit theaters, but it was like... I want to say late March. Early end April. of March. And I remember it was pretty low-key, so at this point, people are like, probably going to be like, man, yeah, of course, we've all seen it. But uh, I remember going to the theater in December and seeing a trailer for this movie and I was like, okay, okay, this looks all right. Until I saw Michelle Yeoh in the janitor's closet. And look, it's in the trailer, guys. So I'm not, this is a big spoiler if you haven't seen it. But she just, uh, she pushes another character away. And the way she says, like, too busy to help you today. Like, it's just, it, I've known so many people. I used to live in uh, San Francisco. I used to hang out in Chinatown. So there was just something about that line that rung so true that I was like, this is going to be great. Right? Um, Lucas, I need you to stop texting my Canadian girlfriend. Shout out to Canadian girlfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, guys, I, I don't know. That's just my lead in because when seeing that, I it was a high priority to go see this movie for me. And, you know, I, I see a lot of movies. I like to talk movies. Sometimes I'll talk about them, but I don't necessarily tell somebody, hey, man, you should go see this movie. Right. And uh, this movie is the exception. I have been telling everybody and their grandmother that they have to go see it. And it's a disservice. So before we really like get into the talking about it, like both of you guys saw it. Did I overhype it to you? I honestly, no, 
Uh, that ended up being one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, and it's definitely going in my top three ever. It's the best movie I've seen in quite a while, uh, too. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but going in to watch that movie, I was really tired. And it was the first time seeing in a movie theater about to watch a movie where I was worried I might fall asleep during the movie because I was tired. Didn't come even close to falling asleep. I ended up seeing in the movie theater afterwards. Everyone else had left. Uh, just mulling the movie over uh, and accidentally scared the cleanup girl. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I think we had a similar experience. I know you saw the movie, Lucas, you saw the movie fairly soon after we had talked about it and seeing it. And Sammy was slated to see it and uh, some stuff got in the way, you know, uh, an unfortunately placed car tire and some other things. So yep. I actually was in Denver and took Sammy along with another friend to go see this movie. And, you know, when we saw the movie, it was eight weeks after the movie had come out. It was nine o'clock on a Monday. We're like, who's going to be here? The movie theater was packed. And at the very end of the movie, as we're all kind of getting up talking, we realized that everyone in the theater was the same thing. There were groups of three to five people who all had one person who had seen the movie and convinced their other friends, like, this movie is good enough that you need to see it on a Monday. Yep, yep. And I think one of the funniest parts was that at the end, we're all discussing this movie, and a solid, like, five of us, of course, at least one person in every group was like, I need to go see a therapist after this. I, I This movie made me discover I have issues I need to work out. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so, because we've wanted to talk about it, and it's such a good lead-in there. I have a belief, and I, I think I've told you both about it independently, but I'll reiterate it for our podcast fans. I don't think you can spoil a good movie, right? Even knowing some plot points, I can go see a movie, and if the characters are engaging, if the story's well told, if it's well paced, it's going to be worth seeing anyway, right? But I'm going to give a spoiler disclaimer for anything else we talk about this, because I think that everything everywhere all at once has such a good journey to take people on. Like everyone I know had a similar but different journey, and it's so personal that uh, I think everyone should see it before maybe listening to this. And if you're not going to go see it, you know, maybe us jammering about it will change your mind, but uh, it's worth knowing about. I, I do have to disagree with you there. I, I agree that good movies have rewatchability where you can come back and watch them again and it's still a fantastic experience but i think especially with everything everywhere all at once it's something that you should go into not knowing anything yeah so that's my i, I would agree so before I, I feel like a good movie is one where like you can tell me everything that happens but it's still so masterfully done that even if you spoil the entire movie, I can watch it and still have an, a, a phenomenal experience. But similar to what Lucas said, I think this is one of those movies where if you haven't seen it before, it is best to watch blind. Yeah, so I think you guys are saying the same things. I'm saying everything everywhere all at once is the exception. And the exception to my kind of rule is just that it you're going to have a journey and it's going to be very personal. So... You know, I, I again, I'd recommend going see before we talk anywhere else. So spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler yeah. warning. Go watch it. Come back. Listen to the podcast again. Skip this episode until yeah. you watch it. Yeah, just keep watching it. Just keep it playing in the background. Just <laughs> continually just really confuse the algorithm. Yeah. So I think that's enough of a spoiler warning. And, you know, maybe we'll throw it in the description, too. So people can be like, yo, don't skip to this part. <laughs> 
Otherwise, they're going to be like, they did what with the dildo? That was the best part of the movie. That was so much fun. That, I I don't normally laugh out loud, especially when I'm watching something by myself, which I was by myself in the theater. There were some other people there, but, but no you didn't one like, near you me. didn't, like, coordinate with them to come yeah. and see the movie together. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I did ask some people, but it was during the week, and they were like, yeah, we're working. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ah, well, that makes sense. Uh, but that was the one time in the movie that I just started laughing out loud. Because it was such a good joke. I mean, I'm yeah, not. I, I'm with Lucas on that one. I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge person like that, but I laughed out loud and everything. I had a lot of audible reactions. Uh, see, I'm. But before we keep going, should we just give like a very brief introduction to nope. what the movie is about? Honestly, nope. man. If you've seen it, you've seen it. I th- yeah, I think not. We did the spoiler warning. Like people who've seen it, they know we're we're talking about the movie and we're just going to flow, man. Because. I man, I mean, you can simplify the plot, but uh, it's all the in between stuff for this movie that makes it like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not like you two. You both, uh, you both seem like very polite moviegoers. Um, you'll know if I'm in the theater with you because I laugh boisterously and loud. Um, when I go see my friends in live theater, they'll be on stage and they'll tell me after the show, like, yeah. I was set at ease because I was like, oh, Jeremiah's in the audience. And I could tell that you were sitting stage right. And I was like, yep, thanks. Because they know my laugh, right? And um, I think movies are a thing to be experienced. I cry in movies. I shout in movies. Sometimes, you know, I'm not like talking to people, right? I'm not having a conversation with the screen. But, you know, if I'm going to yell like, oh, damn, like, I'm going to let fly. Let it rip. I was laughing the entire movie. And Patricia, uh, my Canadian girlfriend, she does not laugh at movies. She's she is very reserved. She'll like smile and giggle. She was like busting out loud, like laughing because this movie just it was so unexpected, especially in the first uh, two acts. You know, I think uh, when I think back to the movie, I think about how it's a comedy. And then I remember that the third act isn't like funny. It does have some funny things, though. But it's more, you're more focused on the emotional right. weight of everything that's going on. But it still has those funny things. Right. Like, like the main character spanking the person during right. like, the final showdown. Right. Or, uh, or also when, the Rakunui. Oh, Rakakuni. Rakakuni? Yeah. Um, or when uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character is smoking weed with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. You're like, oh my gosh. Like, it's funny situationally, mm-hmm. but also, like, it's just such a mix of things. I also like how the movie introduces very random things early, but then continues to bring them up and have payoff for those things. Oh, like, like the hot dog fingers and the raccoony. To, to point out the uh, hot dog fingers, like even in the first scene of the movie where they're, they've they got the musical going on in the background, like, look, he knows all the moves and they're dancing to it. And that is a big thing later. I mean, it gets like a whole 40 seconds of mustard and ketchup. Oh, that was beautiful imagery. But I, I agree. I think two things that uh, this movie did extremely well is one, I feel like not a single scene was wasted. And similarly, like every single little thing that happened got called back to at least once. And I feel like it's one of those movies that you could like have a field trip with Easter eggs and things that happen in the beginning that are called back to in the end. Not a single scene in my mind I can think of was wasted. 
But two, I think another great thing that they did that a lot of movies struggled with was, um, you know, you always have your highs and lows in a movie. You know, you need to have those crescendos and great decrescendos to have a good moving film. But it, oh, but like even when, I think the best way to put it is that you could, the stakes actually felt significant at the end, regardless of, you know, if it was going to be a world ending thing or we don't know what's going to happen or whatever, the stakes felt real, impactful and meaningful. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to, you know, chase this thing and then we can't use it. What do we do? It wasn't like, oh, we're going to chase this thing. Now we have the thing. It's great. It's like, no, even outside of the like the universal world type level stakes, you felt the personal stakes. The journey was very real. There wasn't a single point where it's like, oh, you know, we could have skipped this part of the journey or this part of the journey was absolutely useless. Here's a MacGuffin that we're all chasing, but ultimately like doesn't really have worth or value. Like everything felt like there was worth and value attributed to it. So it was so the ending was very climactic and you could feel that climax. I feel like a lot of movies, it's like, yeah, the, the journey is amazing. The stakes are high. But the climax doesn't always feel as climactic, especially in terms of weight, as the entire journey was. The payoff doesn't feel equal or as grandiose. And I think this movie did an amazing job with that. I might disagree with you slightly there, because I think the movie had excellent buildup at the end, where it very much felt like is building up to an epiphany at the end but the one i guess criticism i have for the movie after seeing it once is i don't think it quite stuck the landing i think it was like watching an acrobatics routine uh like during the olympics where they do all these cool things and then on the very last you know jump when they land they like stumble a little and i feel like it was that because i don't think it quite stuck the landing as much as it could have or as much as I was feeling like it was going to. Yeah, you know, I think that's an interesting point. It <clears throat> The movie's message seems like it's so deeply nested in the last 30 to 40 minutes of the film. And it's kind of consistent, right, in what it's saying. Um, to me, I got out of like, hey, go be a good person. Be kind to people, right? Which is like one weird to see in movies because we really don't get that. It's usually about an individual or an individual's change. And then they kind of build up to what is probably not a, a super stated conclusion with those characters and their relationship. And then that last little bit kind of just, it goes on, it leaves you a little kicker and goes, well, see ya. So that's a good point. I personally, I didn't even consider that the end of the movie, right? Part of me that kind of just felt like, Hey, we did the climactic battle thing and here, here's just like the return to normal, right? A part of me does wish that was expanded upon. And in that way, it did feel like a little bit of an abrupt ending, you know, that, that shakiness after your final dismount. But I feel like at the very least, a lot of things got, got tied up. You know, we had like an emotional climax. We had a physical. Uh, we had like a, an emotional resolution, a physical re- re- revolution, uh, resolution. We had an emotional. I said emotional. You know what I mean? I feel like there was a three-part right. resolution, and that last bit was like, you know, just putting the bow at the end. Maybe not the prettiest bow for the, or like the most fitting bow, but still a bow on this present, on this gift. Now, what I will say, because, you know, Lucas, you, you'd kind of alluded to after having only seen it once, right? Yes, uh, so, that's, that's the disclaimer there. I only saw it once. So after having seen it three times, 
I grew to appreciate the movie more. And some of the emotional stuff, you know, hit less hard because, of course, you're watching it again and again. But there's this little thing that I noticed that the movie actually ends on a great note. But it's hard to pick up when you're watching the movie the first time because there's so much crazy stuff going on. There's so many things that you're you're putting together. You're watching these universes. You're watching the stuff they nested early, which at the end of the day, that character arc is completed with the last line. Because the first time I watched, I was like, huh, that was a weird note to leave leave it on. And I left feeling much like you did. At the start of the movie, it's all about how uh, Evelyn won't listen to anybody, right? And she's like, no, no, yeah, I'm listening. And all this, like, and she's very assertive. But the movie's end note is she gets distracted by the whole rest of the universe. And when they say, hey, are you listening? She comes back and says, I'm sorry, what did you say? Because she's present. It's a really subtle, like, kind of veneer. And I didn't catch it the first time. It actually, I didn't catch it till the third time through. That's interesting. I don't know. It it is a movie that I definitely want to see more times. It was definitely worth watching it the first time and definitely worth watching again. It, I'm trying to think of how exactly to explain what I'm thinking, which is actually kind of what was the situation with the movie because it was an experience for sure. But afterwards, I feel like I learned something, but I don't know what that was. Right. Right. And it's hard because um, you don't have like a call to action, right? I would disagree, but Lucas, finish your thought. That was something that when it was going towards uh, the climax, the end of the movie, that was something that I was feeling as like, this all feels very meaningful and impactful and building, but I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work out or what I'm supposed to take from this. And that was something that the ending didn't quite deliver and that's where I think that the feeling of like that shakiness at the end, at least for me personally, came from. There, there was a lot to mull over, and that that's why I stayed in the theater thinking about it. It's one of the only, I think the actually the only film that uh, made me do that, where I just stayed in the theater by myself after watching it just to think about it. But it was, it felt more like what I was thinking about was personally. My personal experience is kind of similar to things in the movie, uh, rather than what came from the movie itself, if that makes sense. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a quality of the movie that's why so many people from presumably varied backgrounds with very different experiences are all having a very meaningful uh, interaction with the movie. But it's something that the movie itself doesn't quite deliver uh, a I guess a clear message that that's not exactly what I'm trying to say, but I can't think of a better way to articulate it. I think you so, having Lucas. trouble articulating it is maybe the best way to articulate what you're getting at. That's I feel well communicated with here, actually. 